welcome to the HODLcast. Today is September 8th, 2022, and we're going to be talking about central bank digital currencies. On August 29th, the Federal Reserve announced that by next summer, so July of 2023, they'll be rolling out their FedNow pilot, which is a collaboration between 120, and that number is growing, corporations that are participating to join this pilot where basically they're building the rails for a central bank digital currency. In that 120 participants includes every major bank. They can't launch the whole program for something like this at once because people, if they really knew what was going on would absolutely reject it. But with these little baby steps launching, people aren't really noticing what's happening. It's happening right under our eyes that we're moving to this new draconian system. Ripple is actually actively marketing that the governments can use their coin as the central bank digital currency. But uh, when you, it's a private ledger, but when you dig into it a little more, it, it looks like Ripple is... Um, just basically lying about that, like they have a about a lot of other things, their non-existent use cases. And this seems to be another fiction by the Ripple Army. CBDCs are the exact opposite of Bitcoin. Where Bitcoin is a public ledger, it can't be altered. It's decentralized. Transactions are irreversible. Identity is not linked to your wallet address. People can get new wallet addresses anytime they want. Uh, the control is spread out amongst a giant network of users around the world. No one party can change the rules or the supply unless everyone else agrees. The supply is capped at $21 million, making it a deflationary asset. CBDCs, on the other hand, they can be created out of thin air with no supply cap. It's a private ledger-based system, and it will be linked to each person's identity forever, maybe even through a microchip. So you just hold your hand up, you pay, <laughs> the whole government knows exactly what you're buying. This can be really great for distributing universal basic income or welfare payments. They can also program the money to prevent you from purchasing certain items. So if they give out $1,000 of UBI per month and you go to try and scan your wrist at a marijuana shop. They might say, oh no, this, this UBI is not meant to be used on that kind of purchase. You can only use it at the grocery store and the gas station. But we're trying to really protect the environment here. So we only want you filling up your car once a month. So you get one allocation. You know, it's, it's just perfect for absolute control over what people are spending. It can be added to the wallet easily, but it can also be deducted. So if you get a fine or you're taxed, they can just pull that money right out of your wallet without your consent or any say from you. Every purchase you make is recorded. If you buy a gun or Bitcoin or gold or some kind of book in 2025 and say that thing is perfectly legal, then in 2026, they say, oh, that model of a gun or that type of currency or that thing you purchased, we no longer want people having that so please turn it into the government like they did with the gold um, back in the day today they could ask for you to turn in stuff but they might not know who has it once we're already into that system where everything is tracked they know exactly who has bought what so if you don't turn whatever it is into the government that your bitcoin they could just turn off your wallet until you comply to me it's very scary and also like as we recently saw you know with forced medical procedures
procedures, they can just turn your wallet off until you comply with that as well. Or they can say, you know, in the name of public safety, you can't enter, you know, the subway or the bus or can't go to work. It would just make everything a lot more centralized and a lot easier for the government to control. So I think we need to resist this kind of tyranny with every fiber of society. However, you know, as we saw from the recent pandemic, most people are just not, you know, they'll do whatever the government tells them to. You say, hey, here's a free donut, line up and get an experimental procedure that's going to alter your DNA forever. Oh, sure. Okay. You know, everyone lines up. And when a survey was done about microchips in the UK, for many of us, the idea might be absolutely terrifying thinking having some kind of tracking device placed right in our hand. When this 2021 survey, 4,000 people were asked across the UK and European Union, and 51% of it said they would consider something like that because of the convenience uh, to be able to just hold your hand up and pay. And so as if, you know, the idea of this central bank digital currency isn't really scary enough, then there's also the SWIFT system. They're basically trying to build a global central bank digital currency. Well, there's 105 countries right now that are already either in production or exploring their own central bank digital currencies. And the fear here is by the SWIFT system is that if each central bank uses different technologies for their CBDCs, SWIFT has highlighted the risk that the system will be fragmented and it could cause friction for overseas payments. They're so concerned with overseas payments. But anyway, um, Thomas Zakach, the chief innovation officer at SWIFT, said facilitating interoperability and interlinking between different CBDCs being developed around the world will be crucial if we're to fully realize their potential. As discussed, you know, that fully realized potential is just total control. So if this system comes into place, it will eliminate the need for banks. Everyone will just directly interact with the Federal Reserve. There's no need to have these banks working in between. And one of the arguments for this central bank digital currency system is that right now there's a lot of people that are unbanked or excluded from the banking system. You know, they'd kind of hopped on the old Bitcoin arguments from years ago saying, oh, we've got to help these unbanked uh, people. Well, the central bank digital currency aims to be, you know, inclusive of everyone. And actually, if you look at Warren Buffett's portfolio, he's someone who's always had a heavy bank exposure in his Berkshire Hathaway holdings. But with all this development underway, he's actually sold most of his bank stocks, except for the Bank of America. He cited the coming recession as the reason, but who knows? (laughs) Maybe he knows something we don't know, or maybe he's acting on information that's publicly available to everyone that this CBDC is coming and the banks are going to be obsolete. And then there's the ESG narrative. So today, the Biden administration, the Office of Science and Technology released an interagency report that stated people are dying from climate change. You know, they still haven't acknowledged any other strange causes of death going on these days, but certainly people are dying from climate change. People are dying from heat waves, loss of forests, wildfires, flooding, damage to roads and bridges and harm to the ecosystems that sustain people. They calculated the financial cost of these damages to be $145 billion in 2021, and they blamed climate change for reducing the GDP by up to 10%. The goal is to reduce GHG emissions by 50% by the year 2030, that famous year, you know, the year that we will own nothing and be happy. The hope is, you know, we'll have 50% less of these GHG emissions. And uh, their aim is 
is also to prioritize environmental justice, whatever that means. To me, it sounds kind of like a carbon credit system. So you have to pay a tax or, or you're levied some kind of fine if you're polluting more than uh, someone who's not polluting. To achieve this goal, the Environmental Protection Agency and Department of Energy are tasked with providing technical assistance to the crypto asset industry to develop effective evidence-based environmental performance standards for responsible design development and use of environmentally responsible crypto asset technologies. To think that the government could come in and help crypto or Bitcoin mining, which is one of the most efficient mining technologies that has created a ton of new developments in using these flare technologies and for the government to think that they can come in and help streamline that process, I find laughable. Uh, the government's not very efficient with anything, but it says they should include standards for low energy intensities, low water use, low noise generation, and clean energy use. And if these measures are effective, then the administration should explore issuing executive orders to eliminate high-intensity consensus mechanisms for crypto asset mining. So basically, they're going to put executive orders out if by 2030 we haven't reduced emissions by half of what they are today, which you know essentially means we have to do half the economic activity that's happening today, which can't be good for an economy or a free market. They're going to put executive orders saying there can't be mining of Bitcoin happening in America. Now, that's not the end of the world. The miners were over in China for a long time. Bitcoin mining is the most competitive industry in the world. They will be able to go anywhere they want. Someone will give them a home. El Salvador will find a way to use the volcano energy. Something will happen for the miners. They're nimble. So this isn't that concerning to me. But I just think it's funny because they probably think that banning mining will, will have some impact on Bit the Bitcoin network. In actuality, it won't at all. The other thing they're talking about, oh, these high intensity consensus mechanisms for crypto asset mining. Well, the high intensity is what gives Bitcoin the security. You look at some lower intensity mechanisms, they don't have the security. Like, look at this ETH merge. We'll see what happens. I think it's going to be a shit show. And Ethereum, you know, all that needs to happen to shut that down is the government tells someone to, you know, Jeff Bezos, hey, turn off the network. And that network is gone. Bitcoin's not like that. It's, it's distributed and it's decentralized and it doesn't really care what the government of the United States does to it. We see that, you know, the government is obviously taking some steps to say we're going to put executive orders in place to ban Bitcoin mining. Does that mean they'll ban the use of Bitcoin? Because that's a lot different. The miners can go away, but if they say, oh, using a Bitcoin transaction is too energy intensive, well, then that's a bit of a, a different story that, that could be dangerous for, for the United States. And also we saw two weeks ago or three weeks ago, the war on code episode I did looking into the recent OFAC sanctions that they put in place on code so they can attack Bitcoin from this mining aspect. They can attack the use of it from the environmental perspective. And then they can also attack it from a security perspective of saying, oh, this is an OFAC violation. And then the centralized exchanges won't be able to transact in a certain way. They haven't done that yet, though. Moving to a central bank digital currency, would that be a move they make? I don't know. And then it just looks like it's getting closer to a world war. I don't know about you, but it feels like that to me. And if or when a war would happen in America, you know the government's going to grab as much power as it can, and it's going to trample over everyone's personal liberties. People might say, oh, you can't do that. You know, we have the constitution.
solution, but look what just happened in the face of the pandemic. I don't think there's a person in America whose liberties weren't changed in some way. You can't go see your loved ones when they're passing away at a hospital. Like it's just crazy, all the liberties that were taken during that time. So to think that in a war that wouldn't happen is just a bit foolish. The private sector interests will be pushed aside in favor of a wartime effort. And in previous wars, there's been huge supply shortages, things like milk, bread, butter, sugar, labor. There was also, they put a ban on gold and they implemented rules that forbade people from sending gold or money overseas. So with a CBDC, it's very easy to, to do that kind of thing. You can implement the state interest with you know very accurate and easy methods. You've got this programmable money you can say you can only use it to buy this much. You will take any excess that's there and use it for our own purpose, but they don't even need to do that because they can just print it with the push of a button. Boom, they have more money and the value of everyone else's money goes down every time they print more of it. If there's an unlimited supply of money, that money is worth nothing. Is Bitcoin a threat to all of this? Absolutely. The Bitcoin network is not one of the 120 corporations that are signed up to participate in this Fed now pilot. Obviously, the Bitcoin network isn't a corporation at all. And it poses a major threat to CBDCs because it's already distributed. People have been buying it for 12 years. They don't know who has it. There's no record of like each purchase for everyone. Um, it may not ever become a mainstream currency, but it's certainly something that people use in a barter system. And the time to buy it is now. So if we get into that system, once you're in there and your dollars are in this Fed coin, you're probably not going to have the ability to go on Coinbase and purchase Bitcoin the way you can today. Gosh, I saw a really weird tweet coming from Chicago last night that they've decriminalized almost everything. They won't have cash bonds for even second degree murder. So people can stay out on the street until their trial. Police are not able to go in anyone's house to solve some kind of domestic threat. So it's up to the homeowner to take care of it. And I think Chicago has been pulling homeowners guns for, you know, a decade or more. All these kind of things is like building to a point where people, the economy right now too, being, you know, they say we're not in a recession, but it looks like a recession to me. If everyone goes broke or interest rates rise really fast and no one can afford everything and there's some kind of civil unrest, people are going to be begging for UBI. And the way the government can distribute that UBI is say, oh, sign up for this FedNow wallet and we'll give you your money. And all these corporations will accept it and then it's done. It's over. So what's the call to action? I guess we all got to go out there and orange pill everyone we can now before it's too late.